It's good to be in the house of God tonight. Do you have your Bible with you? I hope that you do as we take the, our copy of God's Word. And I encourage you to open it up to the book of 2 Chronicles tonight as we focus for just a few moments on the subject of doing the right thing. Doing the right thing. Everybody say that with me, everybody. Doing the right thing. I believe that we all need to recognize and realize as we are anointed of the Lord to serve God in a world that desperately needs an example. The Bible reminds us that we are to be the light of the world, that we are to be the salt of the earth. And I want you to remember this, that every single one of us, no matter who we are, we have a decision to make with our lives. And that decision is to do the right thing. I believe with all of my heart that when we pour into the lives of these young people, that we are giving them the weapons that they need to be able to go against the grain of the culture that they live in, to where they can make the right choice to do the right thing. And we find the example of that, the biblical example, in a little boy named Josiah. He was the boy king. So tonight, if you have your Bible, open it up to the book of 2 Chronicles, and we'll be looking there at chapter 34 tonight. As we open the Word of God, we find that Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. The Bible says he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. And he did that which was, say it with me, church, right in the sight of the Lord. Let's all begin reading in verse number 2 again. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. If you have your Bible open, and I hope that you do, you'll underline that in your Bible. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And he walked in the ways of David, his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left hand. Verse number 3 tells us all about the eighth year of his reign. While he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. Can you imagine a young boy that God had called and had directed and had chosen that he was going to go against the grain of his culture? As you'll notice there in the Word of God, that during the time that Josiah was anointed king of Judah, uh, there was a lot of things happening in the culture. There was all kinds of false worship, all kinds of idol worship, all kinds of worldliness that was going on. And the Bible says that Josiah, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, began to go against what culture would say is normal. My prayer for our young people today is that God will use our boys and our girls, our teenagers, our young adults, that they will be able to say, you know what, there is a God in heaven. And I pray for our young people that they will make the choice to do what is right in the sight of God. You'll notice there as we begin to look on in the scriptures that the Bible talks about Josiah once again in 2 Kings. Again, it reminds us that he was eight years old. Eight years old when he had the responsibility to reign as king of Judah. And he reigned 30 and 1 years. It's repetitive as to what we find in 1 Chronicles or 2 Chronicles and 2 Kings. It's almost the same thing that's being said. 
But I want us to fast forward for just a moment, Bethany, over to 2 Kings chapter 23 and verse number 25. If you'll just look there in the Word of God, we will find that Josiah there in the last part of 2 Kings, it says this, And like unto him there was no king before him that turned to the Lord. Say it with me, everybody, with this what? All of his heart and with all of his soul and with all of his might according to the law of Moses. Neither after him arose there anyone like him. What a profound thing for God to put in his word. That for a young boy that reigned 31 years, there was none before him that was like him, and there was none after that was like him. What a great testimony of a faithful life. I challenge you today to commit your life to be faithful to God. I believe that God keeps a record of all that. And I believe that we can learn from this young king called Josiah. So tonight, if you have your outline, and I hope that you do, if you'll look there with me in point number one, we find some very important thoughts about this boy. First of all, we find that this boy king was an example of how critical children are to God. I believe that you would agree with me that God loves all the children. For Jesus himself took the little children in his lap, and he said these words, Suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. And I believe that we can look there to begin to understand that God uses children. Can I get an amen? I look around our church today, and I'm so excited to see all of these people that have been through the Josiah Project over the years and how God is using the children. You see, I'm convinced that God has a plan for everybody's life. And I believe that the sooner that we get them on the right path, the better chances we have for them to see the fulfillment of God's purpose in their life. May I say this to all of you? There are so many of us that waste so many years. Uh, we waste years. We are fruitless in what we do. A lot of people don't understand that with children you have a small window of opportunity. I'm convinced, ladies and gentlemen, that from the time that a child is born until they're about 12 years old, that we have the most opportunity of impact on their life. When they get 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, the window closes. Parents, listen to me. Don't make the fatal mistake of thinking that God doesn't care about your children. He cares about your children. And those informative years are of utmost importance. We have to realize that Josiah was an example of how God was going to use a little boy. Now, when you notice in your outline, you'll see that there are three things that I've written down about this little boy, this boy king. First of all, he did what was right in God's sight. Don't you want your kids to do that? Don't you want everybody to do that? Uh, the Bible says he did what was right in the sight of God. Oh, I'm so thankful tonight as I stand on this sacred stage to look around our church and I see our little boys and our little girls making the right decisions, uh, making sure that they're doing what's right in the sight of God. Every month we have a deacons meeting in our church. Our deacons get together, and when we walk in a room to have our monthly meeting, we're greeted by Josiah kids. Uh, they greet us to get us ready for the deacons meeting. Uh, they're there, and, and they're there to serve uh, the deacons. Now, you have to understand that it would be unspiritual for deacons to have a meeting without a pot of coffee. 
And it would be unspiritual for us to have a, de a deacon's meeting without some cookies. But ladies and gentlemen, our little boys and girls are there, and they serve those deacons. They greet people in the church. They serve in our media ministry. We're raising them up to do what's right in the sight of God. But not only do they do what's right in the sight of God by serving that way, they, he walked in the way of David, his father. You know this. I don't have to tell you this. The Bible says that David had, uh, was a man after God's own heart. Josiah himself set his heart on God. He walked in the path of his father David so that you would understand now this is the father of his spiritual birthing. And not, his, not his biological dad, but his dad uh, in the spirit. And the Bible tells us that he walked in the ways of David. Uh, that is, he pursued God. He had a heart to know God. I want my little boys and little girls in my life to know God. I want my grandchildren to walk in the ways of God. Don't you want yours to walk that way? I want my boys and girls to do that. I want my grandchildren to do that. I want them to have a heart to know God. And then thirdly, you'll notice that he did not turn aside. I hate to admit this to you, and I hate to say this to you, but if our little children follow the example of many times their parents, they turn aside. Uh, they, they find their parents not being faithful, not being committed. Parents, I beg of you, live a godly example before your kids. Make sure you exemplify the life that you want your children to live. Make sure you teach them how to be in a, in a place where they love the Lord, how they're faithful to God, how that they have their priorities in order. The Bible says that Josiah didn't turn to the left and he didn't turn to the right. What that means to me is he had his mind made up. I'm going to serve God. I believe that we're living in a world today that gives us a lot of distractions, don't you? There's distractions to the left and there's distractions to the right. This little boy king said, I'm not going to turn to the left or to the right. I'm not going to be distracted by the pagan world that I live in. I'm not going to be distracted by the wrong type of worship. I'm not going to be distracted by the influence of the world. I'm going to keep my eyes on my God. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to raise our kids to know how to do that. Keep their eyes on God. And then secondly, just write this down. Josiah was an example of how to serve God even if no one else does. Even if no one else does. I'm so thankful that we have an example in our Bible of a young boy that came in the position when he was eight years old. And as he grew from eight years old all the way to 12 years old, all the way through the teenage years, all the way through the young adult years, all the way by serving in that position for 31 years, Brother Rick, he never waned one way or the other. He didn't just serve God when he was 8. He served God when he was 10, Brother Benny. He served God when he was 13. He served God when he became a young adult. I'm so thankful tonight that I can stand in this pulpit, look around this great auditorium on Sundays, and I look around the balcony, and I look around the floor, and I say, you know what? There was a kid that was here when they were born. That kid's been in church all of his life. And he was unfaithful when he was a teenager. Now he's a young adult. Now he's got kids of his own. And he's bringing his children to the house of God.
teaching them the ways of the Lord. Aren't you thankful that we see that happening in our church, y'all? If you're thankful, can't you just give God praise for that? Because we serve a God like that. And I believe that we're living in a world that we have to make our mind up. We're going to serve God if nobody else does. We're going to be faithful to God even if nobody else is faithful. We're going to be committed, TJ, even if nobody else is committed. And I believe that we got to do that, and that's what Josiah did. Now write these couple of things down. It's important to know this. Your environment does not decide your destiny. Your environment does not decide your destiny. If you think about the environment Josiah was in, they were worshiping pagan. They were pagans. They were worshiping idols. They were doing all kinds of wrong kinds of things in their society. And if you were to look at Josiah's environment that he was raised in, if he wanted to say, well, you know what? It uh, looks like everybody else is doing it this way. I ought to just follow what everybody else is doing. What well, wouldn't be long before he would be led astray? But you know what? His, he didn't let his environment decide his destiny. He made sure that he was walking with God. You know what? We're living in a world today, and I, I know it's not popular, but, but we're living in an environment today to where people just want a little dose every now and then of Jesus. They don't want a whole lot of Jesus. They just want a little dose of Jesus. They have the mindset that if I just go to church every now and then and give a little bit of tip my hat to God, that'll be enough. And we're living in an environment, I want to tell you something, are you listening? That the environment that we live in would tell you this, you're crazy for being at church on Sunday night. Nobody goes to church on Sunday night anymore. Churches don't have church on Sunday night anymore. Why are you at church on Sunday night? I believe if Josiah was alive, he would say this. That environment outside those doors does not dictate my destiny. I've decided to follow Jesus. Though none go with me, I still will follow. And I believe that Josiah was that kind of a young man all the way through his life. I'm so thankful that when I look at our young people, and I see them here on Sunday night. And I see them here on Wednesday night. And I see them here on Sunday morning. I, my heart is thrilled. I was telling today, just talking about Dalton. I'll pick on him. He's a big old boy. He can take it. But, but I was so bragging on him. Here's a little, here's a little old boy. <laughs> I, I just love him. I do. I love him. I pick on him all the time. I mess with him all the time, but I love the old boy. He's involved in all kinds of sports. He's got his hand involved in all kinds of things. He's active in sports. He's got a 4.0 grade average, still maintains his grades. And guess what? He's faithful at church. Faithful at church. I'm proud of you, boy. You, you owe me a little bit for that. <laughs> but you know what? I look at our young people, Brother Benny that they're living in an environment of their schools. And I, I look at our young people that, that say, you know what, we can still play football, we can still play baseball, we can still do this and do that. But coach, I gotta be at church. And I thank God for young people that make a decision to do that. I'll never forget my daughters when they were growing up, 
We all played, they all played softball and they were good ball players. And I remember just as plain as it was yesterday, they were supposed to play a tournament on Sunday. And I told the coach, I said, my girls won't be there. They go to church on Sunday. And he got so fighting mad at me. I mean, he just got mad at me. Brother Jackie, this is a tournament. They got to be at the tournament. And I said, not my girls. I told you when we started, Sunday belongs to God. And you know what? I had to take a stand of whether or not I was going to compromise that. A few years later, quite a few years later, I called an electrical company to get a quote on doing some work on top of our mountain behind the church. The man that was the coach of the team owned the electrical company. And he come up on top of the mountain up there behind the church and we was back there and, and we were talking. He said, you remember, Brother Jackie, when you had your daughters playing on my team and man, we had a good team, Brother Jackie. And you remember that, that time you wouldn't let them play on Sunday? And I got mad at you. I said, I sure do. He said, I was mad at you for many, many years. And all of a sudden, a tear came to his eye. And he began to weep on top of that mountain behind the church. And he said, Brother Jackie, my daughter's dead. She died. I wished a million times I'd made the choice you made rather than the choice I made. You see, there comes a time in your life where you have to make your decision. Regardless of what your environment says, you've got to make the right choice. That's what Josiah made. I'm going to make the right choice. What's happened in our churches, we compromise so much that the enemy has taken territory from us rather than us taking territory from him. We have to make our mind up, and I pray that we will raise up warriors in our church that will say to the environment around them, this environment does not dictate my destiny. I belong to God. And God is first in my life. Nothing wrong with doing things out there in the culture, but you can't let the culture dictate your decisions. Then secondly, I want you to look at this. Everyone must choose. Nobody can make that choice for you. You've got to make the choice yourself. That choice has got to be an individual choice that you make individually. What's your choice going to be? Will you compromise your convictions? Or will you stand firm in the middle of a culture that's going to hell in a handbasket? What's your decision going to be? Josiah made the choice. I'm going to follow God. I pray with all of my heart that we will teach these boys and girls to make the right choice. Then I want you to notice the third thing quickly, and it's this. Josiah was an example of how to receive God's word. You'll notice in there that Josiah, write this in your note, he recognized who God was and what he had done. He recognized, I'm serving God. He understood how powerful God was. He understood how awesome God was. And he made, recognized who God was. You know what I'm convinced today? 
that we got a lot of people in our churches that don't know who God is. I believe that we got a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. I believe that in a lot of cases we sing songs about God, but we don't know God. We even talk about him, but we don't know him. Ladies and gentlemen, my heart's desire for these little boys and girls is they'll know who God is. And then they will give their life completely to him. Oh, my friend, I don't want to waste life. I don't want to waste years. I don't want them to waste years. I dare say that if I were to look around this vast auditorium tonight and we were to be honest together, I believe that there would be adult men and women that would stand up and say, I wished I'd have been in a Josiah project when I was a kid. I wished I'd have learned who God was earlier than I did. I wished I hadn't have made the wrong choices and wrong decisions. I wished I'd brought, been brought up in the house of God. I wished I'd have been faithful. I wished I hadn't quit on God. I wished I hadn't give up. I believe that men and women all over this auditorium would stand in this service tonight and say, we wasted a lot of our life. By following the frivolous things of the world, Josiah said, I know who God is. And I know that my God will never leave me and he'll never forsake me. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he'll be with me. I know he's going to take care of me. I know who this God is. He's not a God of the pagan world. He's not a God of false religion. He's not a part-time father. I know who God is. And because I know who God is, I surrender all to him. You know, that's what God wants. He wants men and women and boys and girls to surrender everything to him. And that's what Josiah did. Then write this down. Josiah prepared himself first. You know, I, I think that, I believe that one of the things that we have to do in our life, before we go tear down everything else, we got to get ourselves right. You know, I, I just feel like that a lot of times, uh, there's a lot of us that's got opinions about things, but we don't demonstrate who we are in our spiritual life. You know, it's kind of like this. Everybody wants to have a hissy fit about taking prayer out of schools. Now, everybody's got an opinion about taking prayer out of school. I, I want to say this to all of you. Why don't we think about this? Let's put prayer back in the home. Why don't we start praying with our kids at the house? When we think about it, everybody wants to have a hissy fit about what's going on at the school when in reality, nobody's reading their Bible at home. Nobody's praying with the kids at the house. Nobody's instructing their children how to serve God. And our kids are watching their parents profess one thing and do something else. They tell their kids, you've got to serve God, but yet they see their parents inconsistent. They hear their parents say, don't you dare drink while there's beer in the refrigerator. They see their parents say, you know what, you got to live right, while at the same time they hear vulgarity coming out of the mouth of their parents. They, they hear their parents say, you can't talk back to me 
you got to respect my authority. But then at the same time, they see their parents disobeying authorities in their life. Can I tell you this? Hypocrisy. You know what you've got to learn? Prepare yourself first. And that's what we're trying to teach our kids. You get yourself right with God. You commit yourself to God. You live your life for God. You know, my mom and daddy used to say, boy, you know what? You need to sweep around your own doorstep before you go sweep around everybody else's doorstep. You got to clean up your own backyard before you worry about everybody else's backyard. And I believe that we can learn a lot from that church that we got to make ourselves right first. And that's what Josiah did. The Bible says he sought after the Lord. Now I want you to notice the second thing there, and that is this. He was an example of influence. I love that part of it because I believe in the power of influence. I believe that as leaders, we ought to be influencing people. And there's three things I believe that Josiah did for us in way of influence. First of all, he influenced others to walk after the Lord. I believe that when people looked at Josiah's life, he was a living testimony of how to walk after the Lord. As a matter of fact, I don't believe that Josiah had to preach a sermon. I believe he lived a message. I believe he was a living example of how to walk after the Lord. Secondly, he taught people how to keep the commandments, how to live in the restriction of the Word of God, how to apply that truth to his life, to realize that God's Word would direct his path. If he would obey the Word of God, the Bible says, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy Word have I hid in my heart so that I don't sin against God. I believe that Josiah was obedient in keeping the word of God. And then thirdly, he was that person to perform the words of the covenant. The covenant that he had made with God. And I believe that Josiah was serious about that. So when we think there together, we begin to realize that in doing so, Josiah was a person of influence. He was an influencer that made a difference in people's lives. You know what my prayer is for our Josiah kids? That when they walk in the school where they attend, that they'll make a difference by their influence. I pray that people, you know, I've been around church all my life, and people say, well, they shouldn't act like that. Well, why don't you just live how they should act in front of them? You know, we've had people come into our church and, you know, we're a, we're a church of restoration. And you know what? There's a lot of broken people come into our church. There's people come into our church that don't know how to talk Christian language. They don't know how to dress Christian dress. But you know what? They shouldn't look around at us and see us talking the wrong way or dressing the wrong way. We ought to set a standard high for them. So that when they walk in our doors, we influence them rather than them influence us. My prayer is that our young people will be influencers, positive influencers of how that we're to love God, how that we're to love people, how that we are to dress and how that we are to act. I've been the pastor here 30 years, ladies and gentlemen. 
I've got letters in the files in my office. People that have written me letters from businesses out of state that we carried our students off to conferences. And I've had business owners write me letters that have said these words. When I saw y'all pull up, I went into panic mode. Because typically when youth groups come to our business, they destroy things. They're rude. They're wild. They leave the place in a mess. So when I saw your group come up, I thought, oh my goodness, here we go again. But then the writer would go on and say, but I wanted to write you as a pastor to say how impressed I was with your young people. They didn't destroy things. They weren't rude. They didn't act up. As a matter of fact, when they got through eating, they cleaned the whole restaurant. They came and asked us, could we take out the trash? They did incredible things while they were here. And Brother Ben in, the leaders have taught our kids, when you walk into a place, you leave it better than you found it. You know what I believe? I believe that's what we ought to do as Christians. Wherever we go, we ought to leave the place better than how we found it. By the way, can I just give a commercial time? You ought to be in here after church on Sunday morning. It looks like a pigsty. We have to have people stay behind to pick up your paper that you leave in the pews because it's trashed up. Don't do that. Don't rush out of here and leave God's house in a shambles. Leave it better than you found it. Pick up the paper. Be nice to people. Love people. Set a high standard. Make sure that what we do, we show the world we are different from the world. And that's what Josiah did. Now the last thing I want to tell you is this. He was an example of courage. You know, when you leave church, you're leaving and going into a hostile world. A world that is going to come against you. But you've got to be bold and courageous. You've got to be the person that will stand firm on who you are. And that's what Josiah did. He was a young boy that said, you know what? I'm going to stand up for God irregardless of what people may say. I'm going to stand up for God irregardless of what people may think. He was a man of courage. For all of our young people in our church, be young people of courage. Be bold in your faith. Don't be ashamed to tell the world who your father is. Don't be ashamed to say, yes, I go to church. Don't be ashamed to say, yes, I go on Sunday night. Yes, I'm there on Wednesday night. Yes, I know Bible verses. Yes, I sing worship songs. Yes, I've established my heart to serve God. Be courageous. Be courageous. Be bold in a world that desperately needs you. I want to say this from my heart to all of our young people. I love you. And I want to see God use you in a mighty way. I want our young people to be mighty warriors for God. I want to raise up an army from our church that when we let the doors open on Sunday night, we're about to send them into the schools. 
that our schools are aware those kids go to Eden Westside and they're missionaries in our schools. I want to send our kids into everything in this world to be lights in a dark place. Folks, I believe it starts with a personal decision. A decision of who you're going to follow. I dare say that there's people in this building today that maybe, just maybe, you've slacked up a little bit. Maybe, just maybe, you lost your fire a little bit. Maybe, just maybe, you forgot who you represent. Tonight, I want to open the altar up for people to come and just say, God, God, fan the flames in my heart. God, cause me to come alive again to you. God, help me be a good example at the workplace, at the school, in my home. Let me be a Josiah in the world I live in today. So today, I'm going to ask you if you would, let's stand together. The altar is open. And our minister is going to come tonight. And if you'd like to make a decision for Christ, I want you to come tonight. All over this building, a time for making choices, a time for making decisions. So tonight, if you'd like to come and pray, you come. If you'd like to give your heart to Jesus, you come. If you'd like to be a part of this church, you come. These men are here to help you with that.